1: Broadcasting the boys right here on the Blogging the Boys Network. I am Ari Temkin along with Roy White on Twitter at dub 3 You can follow me on Twitter at R E Sports, A R I Sports. We are into football season. We are less than a month away from kickoff on the 2020 NFL season, which is crazy. There are two, three padded practices, something like that, into the into uh, training camp. So, I mean, the the Lonely days of talking about Dak Prescott's contract situation and all the different things that we thought we were going to see. Like, those lonely days are behind us, Roy. This is, this is the real stuff here.
2: There hmm. are those lonely days in front of us. Who cares? <laughs> we'll deal with that when the time comes. Yes. It's time to talk real effing football, baby.
1: David Hellman is on the show today from DallasCowboys.com. You're not going to want to miss David Hellman. We get some great insights to what he's seeing at training camp, as much as he can tell us. Um, but Roy, you had a, you had a fantastic idea. And, uh, and, and so I thought this is great. This is perfect for broadcast the boys because we, sometimes we like to do some satire. We like to have some fun. And so this is the, I'll let you explain it. It's the perfect concept for this show.
2: Yeah. So uh, essentially, as we all are finding out, the NFL is incorporating new rules, um, trying to keep media members from sharing information. And it's really specific teams that are using this platform, and the Cowboys are one of them. They've instituted a media policy which doesn't allow media members to tweet out videos or tweet out any descriptions of practice until practice is over. So when practice finally ends, what we inevitably get is a massive news dump from a dozen or so different Dallas Cowboys media outlets, NFL Network, Dallas Morning News, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, of course, your friends here at Blogging the Boys, everyone with reactions to what is taking place and what they are seeing on the field. Then what happens is those reactions get cycled into the sports, you know, industry, sports radio industry, and everybody wants to have a hard opinion on everything that comes across the wire. And so with this game, what I would like to play with you, Ari, is does it matter or does it not matter? And I will take specific tweets, not going to name the media outlets who are responsible for these tweets because I'm not trying to call anybody out. That's not what this is about. But I'm just going to ask you whether or not this observation or this report matters or does not matter for the Cowboys in the 2020 season. All right? makes sense? Beautiful. Yes. Very easy to follow. So here we start. Four practices in total, and Connor McGovern has not taken a snap at center yet. He did take some left guard snaps with the first team on Tuesday. Even in the pre-practice work, the centers are Joe Looney, Connor Williams, Tyler Beatish, and Marcus Henry. Ari, does this news nugget matter or doesn't matter?
1: I think this one matters. Um, I think there's a lot of fluff that's tweeted out, you know, and, and I'm usually part of that fluff if I, uh, if I might admit myself, but yeah, this one is a substantive um, because there's, I mean, I I just think the battles, you know, on the offensive line are intriguing and, and interesting to watch for and specifically at center and at guard, obviously, and I, I think we all kind of figured that McGovern would at least factor into the center discussion since he did play a little center at Penn State, but, um, clearly this is indicative of the fact that he's not really in it. i I guess I'm more surprised they're working Connor Williams in at center. Um, that's, I mean, that, that's all pretty interesting because remember Connor Williams is a left tackle at Texas. So, you know, the, the thinking was if you switched any position, it would be from guard to tackle, but now it either working him in at center. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a meaty, that's, that's, that's some good media stuff right there. That's meaty.
2: I agree. I also think that report matters, um, and it matters because it's a personnel report. Uh, if we're not seeing Connor McGovern at the center position at all, then that changes the thought process a lot of us had coming into the right. training about who, who would ultimately be in that rotation. According to this report, it looks like it's Looney, Williams, and Biotish in that order, and I don't know if a lot of Cowboys fans would have necessarily considered that to be the case. I did believe that Joe Looney would be the guy who gets the first opportunity to win the starting job coming into camp. So that's not a big surprise, but the Connor Williams one, I agree. That report matters. Uh, next report news nugget from various media outlets on Twitter. And of course uh, we'll drop a bunch of good follows for you later on in the program that you can get into, but. Next report, Ari. We've seen Greg Zerline kick once so far. He made all six tries ranging from 28 to 43 yards. Ball rockets off his foot but had a couple of low trajectory hits inside the Ford center. Ari, does this report matter or not matter? I
1: would say it doesn't matter. Now, there's a caveat there. It's kind of in between. So I think it kind of start. it starts off with, we've seen him kick once. And so I'm like, okay, I don't care. Now I don't care because he's kicking every day a lot. And so you basically isolated one instance in which you've seen him. And so I don't know how to react to that because there's a ton of other times in which he's kicking. So he's, had he not put the, we've seen him kick once part in there, it, it, it might've been more substantive, but the fact that it was like, we've seen him kick once. It was like, well, I don't care because that's just an isolated incident, isolated time. So yeah, it, it's, it's kind of matters, but probably more doesn't matter.
2: I agree. I don't think it matters either. Uh, if there was any takeaway from this, I think the takeaway is that they're not having Greg Zerline attempt anything for more than 43 yards, which means this Cowboys offense is going to be ready to go for it along the 40 yard line of the that's opponent.
1: A, that's talk. a good point.
2: All right. That's, that's really the strategy. They're keeping Zerline's kicks inside of 45 yards because they're not going to have him attempt anything beyond that. Anything Beyond that, they're just going to go for it on fourth down. Great coaching. Uh Great.
1: There's also no kicking competition. So they could have said, I've seen him kick once and he was 0 for 6, and it's like he's still going to be your kicker.
2: <laughs> All right. So that one doesn't matter so much. Uh Next report.
1: Even got the trajectory stuff in there to really make it seem like it was obstet- like the trajectory too.
2: Yeah, that low proje- trajectory hits inside the Ford Center. No wind inside that Ford Center too. So that's <laughs> uh, turf is something they are going to be familiar with. They got ten games on turf this year, so maybe that's worth noting. I don't know. Uh, next report, news nugget, Ari. Does it matter or does it not matter? Ezekiel Elliott tells reporters. We're going to run the ball.
1: But <laughs> this this does not matter.
2: Individual tweet. This was an entire news story on one of these sports outlets.
1: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! They're going to run the ball.
2: Do you think that they will run the ball
1: occasionally? If, if it gets cold enough. <laughs>
2: well, you know, we're going to be up by two touchdowns after the third quarter. <laughs> we will run the ball. <laughs> no. Um, we can discard that one quickly. Obviously, it doesn't matter. It's kind of absurd that an entire article was written around that quarter. Not kind of. It is. It's absurd. But that's how starved we are, especially when – only a handful of people get to actually see what's going on i yeah. would imagine that the number of clicks that that article got would rival some of the biggest nfl stories yeah. of the offseason
1: validates the writing of it <laughs> <laughs> the clicks validates this i don't want to say stupidity cuz you got to feed the beast but it's just not there's nothing there I nothing. Sub-
2: So next news nugget, and you'll find out who this one actually came from because we're going to talk with David Hellman specifically about it. But here's the nugget. Two straight big days for Francis Bernard. When Clayton Thorson had his chance to guide the two-minute drill, he completely missed Bernard in coverage and threw an interception right to him to kill the drive. Bernard was pumped, to put it mildly. Mildly, Matter or doesn't matter, Ari.
1: Well, since I know the source and I love David Hellman, it matters.
2: Oh, soft. You're soft, Ari. It and, it's matter. funny because I've – This kid can't do anything to make this roster. He could have an interception on every single play he is on the field, and I don't believe he has a legitimate chance to make this roster. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah. No, you're not wrong. It's going to be very difficult. I mean, when we did the roster projection, we, we, this was one of our positions and he didn't make our roster. Um,
2: it wasn't even a consideration, right? So I, and look, I,
1: if I were at training camp, I would probably be tweeting stuff like that too, right? Cause you, you make observations about the players you're seeing and, and some, especially when guys that like bigger name undrafted free agents, like he's one of them. And so you're kind of looking for them to make plays, therefore to validate, you know, your, belief in them um so you know i i love hellman's great at on twitter i think hellman's you know one of the best follows in dallas cowboys uh, you know in dallas cowboys twitter
2: (laughs) i don't disagree though love love me some david hellman and really look forward to having our chat with him here a little bit so does that tweet matter or does it doesn't matter uh not to me it doesn't it does not matter I agree with you. I'll co-sign on the fact that every David Hellman tweet does matter. This one specifically does not. (laughs) That's a contradictory statement, but there it is. One quote for you, Ari. Does this matter or does this not matter? Quote, this is BS. The Cowboys won't let us tweet during practice, and we saw it happen. Someone else gives it up. We have to wait until practice is over. Fix this, S. Rich.
1: <laughs> that was Ed Werder who tweeted that. Oh, um, the two. Yeah, I mean, Clarence Hill was. mad. I mean, they're all mad about it because
2: everybody, man, this wasn't about outing everybody.
1: <laughs> so
2: it's funny, right?
1: Jerome McCoy gets hurt in practice, and the first person to report it is Ian Rappaport, who's not there but works for the NFL network. So do we have a guess how Rapaport got the information? Is there could there be a is there somebody that covers the Cowboys that also works for the NFL network that maybe had sent out a tweet that would have
2: I, I don't want to speculate, but we, or a may, text? we may have uh, a, a specific guest on the program next week that <laughs> may or may not know something about tweetgate.
1: It's just funny that a guy is out for the year, a very anticipated player that everybody's excited about, is out for the year, and all the media can talk about is how they didn't get to report the story.
2: (laughs) You're going to say it matters.
1: Um, It doesn't matter. No, nobody cares. It matters! It matters to the media. Nobody cares. No fans don't care who broke the story. Nobody cares. In fact, I bet you only the media knows, and we'll remember that Ian Rappaport broke the story. That's the funny thing is, we only care about it. the 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 public doesn't. And I know, like, the writers and the media members will say we can get we get money up. This is how we get jobs, and this blah 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 blah. And it's like I, I, nobody cares. We care. Media cares. Nobody else cares. Nobody else cares. Sorry. And then it's like you make it about yourself, and no. Now you made now you made it worse. You made it worse because you made it about yourself. Like, oh, Jerome McCoy got hurt. Now let me tell you about me. <laughs> let, let me tell you about me and how this affects me.
2: <laughs> so there you go. I, I get to break the story. Now I, that wor- that, uh, that tweet, that report does not matter. You're 100% yeah. right. It doesn't matter where it comes from. But I do think it's weird that it did come from an NFL source. I do think it's strange. And I did think that was unusual. And if I were a member of that media that wasn't allowed to, quote, unquote, break the story, I think I might be a little pissed too. So I can see where they're coming from.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, it shouldn't be surprising. It's the NFL network. They're going to have certain liberties, like, period. Um, and I mean, Schefter and Rappaport break every story. That's it. They break every story. In fact, it isn't news until one of them tweets it. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, that's good stuff right there. Roy, uh, white, Ari Temkin. That is, what do we call that one again? Matter, matter doesn't matter. Okay. Um, before we get to David Hellman, um, Dallas Obviously, we just touched on the Gerald McCoy news, and so I want to kind of get your thoughts on it, uh, Roy. But McCoy goes down, uh, he then subsequently gets waived, um, he had signed a three year contract for eighteen million bucks. he's going to get three million dollars for showing up to four practices, whatever it was, and the Cowboys are going to save all the money into the cap, which is is big for next year because of the uncertainty of the salary cap in 2021 but But beyond that, Roy, just your thoughts on on the Gerald McCoy loss.
2: I mean, obviously, the more significant loss is the actual player that Gerald McCoy is. Yeah. Easy to get lost in how good and solid of a player Gerald McCoy has been in the NFL because, quite frankly, he's had to play for two franchises that were never really in the conversation when it comes to competing for the ultimate prize. Um, But you go back to his time at Oklahoma and he was an absolute freak there in college. And it was really, really exciting to see the potential that he might have when he was on a stage like this. So it's a, it's a really significant blow for the Cowboys. Um, I don't think it's the worst blow that they could have sustained because i was going to suggest to you at some point we should have a conversation about what injuries to certain positions would hurt this team more than others. And quite honestly, I don't think defensive tackle is one of the top four position groups on the Cowboys that if they sustained an injury, they would really be in trouble at that position. So um obviously – it's a big loss from the talent that he is, but I do think they have enough horses to, to plug the gap. They're, they're not going to replace Joe McCoy and they're not going to replace him on the free agent market at this point in time. Right. But I don't think the loss will be as significant, at least on the football field, but you lose in the locker room. Clearly that's very significant. The players all seem to have. Loved this guy from the moment he came in the door. And who knows, if he's still around and able to be around the Cowboys. I don't know what the rules are necessarily with him not being under under contract with the Cowboys now as to whether or not he can be around the team throughout the season. But if there is some way around that, you know, it's an exciting possibility, I suppose, to be able to bring him back next year on maybe an even cheaper salary.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sucks. You know, at the end of the day, he was going to be a fun player to watch, you know, and, and, you know, fun personality, fun player, you know, that sucks. Uh, this team's built to win on offense, period. So their defense just has to not suck. And I, I still think this injury, though it sucks, won't mean that their defense won't suck, right? Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: to your point, this is, and I, you know, I stupidly said cut Tyron Crawford. It saves you eight million bucks. Good thing they didn't. You know, because now you've got a guy that can kick inside and start as a three technique, and Tyrone Crawford that's done that before. This makes the signing of Everson Griffin even more important because, you know, you would have had Tyrone Crawford starting at right defensive end. Now he kicks inside. You've got Griffin on the outside and Demarcus Lawrence on the outside. Um, you know, and then, of course, you see what you have in Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore behind him. So, yeah, uh, it, this is not – this loss of Jerome McCoy doesn't change the Cowboys' ability to win a championship this year, period. I think that there are other losses that could. This one doesn't. It sucks. We won't get to see him play in a Cowboys uniform this year. Uh, but but ultimately, this team's built to win an offense.
2: Well said. I agree with all that.
1: All right. Let's get to David Hellman, DallasCowboys.com right here and broadcast the boys.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: Broadcasting the boys and on the Blogging the Boys Network, Roy White, Ari Temkin. We're visiting now with David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com. What's going on, man? How are you?
3: Gentlemen, it's good to uh, good to be on with you. Good to see you.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We, we're recording this on Zoom, so even though nobody can see it, uh, the three of us, I can see Hellman and Roy, and Roy's wearing a jacket, Hellman's wearing a sweatshirt. It's ninety five degrees outside. What do you why are you guys dressed like it's freezing outside? I know we're not outside right now, but still you're making me you're making me hot just looking at you both.
3: Roy, I'm gonna let you take it because I bet <laughs> our answers are the same.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know if your reasoning is exactly the same as mine. See, I live with a woman who is <laughs> having the home at a certain temperature, whether or not that temperature meets my needs is completely inconsequential, <laughs> my needs need to be met, I can either do it by wearing more clothes or fewer clothes. But for her, the right temperature needs to be had when she is wearing her pajamas. That's That's actually, I mean, we don't have to get into a conversation about the differences between
3: men and women, but it's usually, in my experience, women are always cold and men are always hot. Uh, so I'm a little surprised to hear that, but me, I, I live by myself and I, I don't think of myself as like a luxurious person, but I hate the heat. I hate summer. It's my least favorite season. So when I'm in the comfort of my own home in the summer, I'm cranking that bad boy down to like 65 degrees. I want it (laughs) to be freezing. I want to need to wear a sweatshirt to be comfortable. Because I know as soon as I step outside, it's a blast furnace. So I might as well be comfy in my own home. And like I'm the guy that you know, once the weather cools off in the fall, I turn the I just turn it all off completely and just wear a sweatshirt instead of turn the heat on. So nice, a little comfy
2: in a hoodie. What can I say? Put a bow on it. There is no better feeling in Texas than walking through your garage and into your home when the temperature is in the mid 60s. Oh. When you come in, like,
3: yeah, you come in on a day like, it, like in August when it's ninety-five, hundred, hundred and five degrees, it's sixty-five, and you grab like a bottle of water or a Gatorade out of the fridge. Ah, oh, it's it's heaven. It's the best.
1: <laughs> All right, so training camp going on now. The pads are on. There's a lot of information and news coming fast and furiously. Hellman, like what? What's maybe been the biggest surprise to you? What stood out the most to you? You know, what's, you know, maybe made you turn your head the most in terms of what information has come out so far from camp?
3: I mean, I know that you're asking me a, a football question, but honestly, the most, one of the most surprising things that's happened to me in recent memory is I rem- like I got the text from somebody, um, I guess, what's today, Wednesday. So it was Tuesday afternoon. I got the text that was like, uh, Gerald McCoy is being waived. And I was like, "You mean waived, injured, right? Like he's going to injured reserve, right?" And they were like, "No, he's being waived." Like, I mean, and and, and you know, the details have come out. He had the injury waiver on his quad. It was a, an accounting move. It make it makes sense, but I was not expecting to hear that right. they just all right cut Gerald McCoy. So that was that was stunning uh, when it happened.
1: Year contract, and you're yeah. right. I mean, it was it was like they cut him, huh? That's
3: bizarre. I was, I was not mentally prepared to hear that. And you know, it sounds, it sounds like there's no hard feelings. He might wind up back here if he gets healthy enough, but it's just a reminder that this is it's a business, man. Uh don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise. Um as far as football stuff, what's been really surprising to me? Um I guess just, you know, it's only, you know, we're only a couple of days in, but the degree to which we have seen a lot of different stuff from the defense, real. I mean, the offense is going to be different. We've seen some changes there, but I keep telling people like there's so much more continuity with the offense that it still kind of looks similar. You know, it's all, it's all the same guys doing a lot of the same stuff. There's some wrinkles, but it looks familiar. Whereas the defense doesn't look familiar at all. You know, they're, they're experimenting with different fronts. You know, much has been made of Alden Smith and Demarcus Lawrence, uh, standing up. That's obviously very new. Uh, we're seeing blitzes from, from different spots, new spots, new positions. Um, so, I mean, the defense already doesn't look anything like what we're used to. And I don't want to, I don't want to say it's surprising because we expected that, but it's still been fun to watch.
2: Well, it's probably an entirely new look, considering what you've been watching for the past decade. Right. You know what? It's jarring the, to see something that different. Yeah, has Absolutely. been. Um, obviously, he's asking about the most surprising thing, and, you know, I assume you've seen a lot of multiple different looks from the defense. Um But specifically on that Gerald McCoy injury, Do you think that's a position that the Cowboys might look outside the organization to try to fill? Or do you feel like they're comfortable with rolling with what they have, moving Tyrone Crawford inside a little bit more than what we maybe thought he was going to get this season? And giving Tristan Hill a chance to maybe fulfill the promise that he once had. I have a few, I have a few thoughts on that.
3: Obviously it's, you know, it's the hot topic of the week since Gerald got hurt. Um, number one is I have lost the ability to predict what the Cowboys are going to do. Like during the Jason, I mean, and I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, during by, you know, by year five of the Jason Garrett era, you really kind of had a playbook for how it was going to go. Like, I mean, it was, you could, you could set your watch to it. Uh, And it started this past spring, like when they signed Gerald McCoy, when they signed Dontari Poe, when they dug Alden Smith up, it was like, oh, wow, like they're doing a lot of stuff that we're not used to seeing them doing. The fact that they signed Everson Griffin literally like the night before practice started, that didn't used to happen. So first of all, I don't want to sit here and act like I can 100% say they're not going to look outside because maybe they will. But – you look at, like, the three technique tackles that are available right now, it's not super inspiring. Um, and on top of that, I mean, we all wish Gerald McCoy was healthy and could play, but it's kind of funny when you pull back and look at it and say they spent a the second-round pick on a defensive tackle last year and a third-round pick on a defensive tackle this year. So, like, the position is deep. And but people are panicking about it because that's how turned off they were by Tristan Hill. You know, uh, think about any other second round pick that they've had in in recent years. You know, like let's throw let's throw Cheeto Awozie out there. Like imagine if they signed a veteran corner and he got hurt and everybody was just losing their mind because Cheeto was going to have to play. Like that <laughs> sounds that sounds silly. Like you want your second round pick to play? That's what they do. So, uh, it, in my opinion, I think they've got about a two-week window to see what Hill and Gallimore can do. Um, and if if the answer is nothing, then you might have a problem. And, and Roy, you're absolutely yeah. right. Tyrone Crawford can kick inside. He's already been doing it a little bit at this camp. So, that honestly gives you three pretty decent options. Um, I just – I don't think I'm ready to hit the panic button yet.
1: David Hellman's our guest, and you know normally training camp, and it's funny you mentioned the heat. You know normally you're you're in Oxnard for you know this period of time where it's like perfect weather, and you know shooting film and videos of of for Twitter and and Instagram of game action and looking at production of players. I mean when you watch them play now, I mean do you give a, get a sense of like you can't really judge. Production in this training camp maybe more so than other training camps simply because there's been no OTAs and it's like this is the first time they're all getting together on the field in you know in months and for some of these guys the first time ever.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, I think you can judge production because at the end of the day, eleven guys are going out and playing eleven guys. I think the thing you got to be careful of, and it's you know we fall for this every year, is right you know training camp training camp production never doesn't always correlate. I mean. Byron Jones looked like an all-pro safety like three years ago right. and had a not a great season at safety, wound up moving a corner and turned his career around. Uh, there's stories like that every year. So totally. I think the, the lesson there is like you can't always trust what you're seeing, even if it looks good. But my main impression, you know, with everything that's happened with COVID and the weird circumstances around this camp, my mm-hmm. main impression is that to me it looks like, the Cowboys are trying to have a training camp while also teaching their players how to do what they want. Basically, you know, again, to go back to the Garrett thing, this isn't year 11 of the Jason Garrett era where everybody who's been on the team before kind of knows what to expect. It's an all new staff, a very, you know, for the most part, a new scheme, new assignments, new asks, new verbiage. And to me, it looks like they're trying to combine the teaching of OTAs and mini camp with the competition of training camp. Um, you know, they're still installing all of this stuff. Like in a normal year, they would have been done with that right. in May and it would be, let's go, let's hit the ground running. And now it's like, well, we got to get ready for the season, but we also got to make sure all y'all know what you're doing. And you know, it's, we're not even a week into this thing, but it's been striking to me. Um, you know, the Cowboys don't want us to talk about who's with the first and second and third string, but I'll just say the experienced players are getting the vast majority of the reps. Like, there's not it doesn't look like they got like they're like, we don't have time to bring these rookies and undrafted guys along. Like, we don't have time to give reps to guys that won't be playing on Sunday. We need to be given reps to the guys we're counting on to win us games. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, it'll probably change as we go along because, you know, I think they're going to practice 14 or 15 times and we've done two of them. Yeah. But it looks,
1: right? a, what's right. that? Padded practices. Patted practices.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Padded, padded. But, you know, it, right now it looks like they're like, let, don't worry about the young guys. We got to get the, the experienced guys up to speed and make sure that they know what they're doing.
2: Well, do you think that's going to then significantly hurt? Um, Potentially, some of these young guys that might be trying to crack the roster. Um, Some of the young wide receivers on the back end. uh, You mentioned a linebacker. You've mentioned twice now a linebacker who's made some plays in seven. Francis Bernard? Yeah, Francis Bernard. I apologize. The name was escaping me. But um, you'd mentioned him a couple times, and I just think to myself, when I see that, that's all well and good, but realistically, if they never get a chance to see him on an actual football field doing that against NFL talent, like he could blow their doors off in seven-on-seven practices, and I still don't think he has a legitimate shot of making the team. Am I wrong in that thought process and in, in how they'll – how COVID has changed the way they have to evaluate players? I don't know, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think, I mean, to be very blunt, it's a
3: crappy year to be a rookie. It's a crappy year to be a rookie who is not a first or second round pick. Right. I mean, CD Lamb and Trayvon Diggs are going to be fine, but Francis Bernard and Rondell, Rondell Carter. Carter and wow, you took the name right out of
1: my mouth. All right. Cause he's another um, guy that I'm excited about.
2: What about a guy How like, about, or even, wait, I'm sorry, Roy, what? What about a guy like Bradley and Nate? You know, there, there's a lot of, around him, but he's a fifth-round pick, and if you start doing the numbers on the defensive line, even with McCoy going down, if Randy Gregory somehow gets reinstated, I don't necessarily see how you you might not have room for him on the roster. Right. No, and there there's
3: two pet cats that get mentioned a lot, and it's Bradley and I, the D end out of Utah, and Tyler Biotis, the center out of Wisconsin. Again, I want to stress, we're only two days into this thing, So I don't want to make too many blanket statements, but like I've got my eyes on these guys because I know that the fans care about them and they just aren't getting a lot of opportunities. They like, they are just not getting a lot of reps because in my opinion, it it just seems like the coaches are saying, you know, we'll get to you. We got to get our, you know, we got to get the guys that we're counting on up to speed. Um, Like I said, it's, it's a bad year to be a down the line rookie, but I will say, there's a couple things working in their favor. One, the NFL is going to allow for the expansion of practice squads. It's up to 16 this year. It's, you know, as a, as a COVID way to combat COVID. So that's six extra spots on top of that. I mean, obviously we would all prefer there to be preseason games. The coaches would prefer there to be preseason games, but if there's a silver lining to that, it's that nobody but the Cowboys is going to get to see these guys. Right. And that's, You know, if anybody's curious why everybody's being so secretive, like why I can't tweet or show video from practice, that's why. Like nobody wants to lose their players. They brought them here for a reason. Obviously every coaching staff thinks that they have the next Dak Prescott or the next Tony Romo or whatever. So they don't want anybody to see it. They don't want their the 31 other teams to have tape of these guys playing. So they're trying to keep it as under wraps as possible. So – If it comes down to it, I like their odds of being able to keep guys around, even if they do have to cut them, you know, when, when camp is over.
1: Who's your favorite member of the new coaching staff to, to interview or to talk with? Like, who's the best talker out of them?
3: You know, it, it seems, I, I I feel like so far we're, we're pretty lucky. There's a lot of good, good ones. Um, we got to talk to John Fossil today. I really like talking to him. He was fun. Um, McCarthy, I mean, McCarthy's, McCarthy's good. He's, he's, he's still a head coach. He's not going to say a ton of stuff, but he, he can, uh, he's, he seems a little more willing to offer details than his predecessor was, which is nice. Um, <laughs> but it's funny because I haven't talked to the guy since February. Obviously COVID changed everything. You know, we didn't get to meet a lot of these guys at OTAs and stuff, but right. we had a, we had a chance to interview all of the assistants back when they first got hired and like, Jim Sewell is just my favorite, my favorite guy on this staff. Like he, you know, he met all of us reporters with a cup of coffee and you know, we like, we might as well have been like just shooting the breeze at a water cooler. Like it was not formal. He's not a formal dude, which, like I said, I haven't talked to him since then, but if you watch him at practice, He's running – like, he's like a madman. Like, he's he's got very big Rod Marinelli energy in the sense that, like, he's very animated. He's passionate. He's loud. He's encouraging his guys. He, like, coaches so hard that he gets sweaty during the course of a practice, even when they're indoors. Um, so I just – I love the energy that he brings. I have a feeling uh, the D linemen are probably going to like him.
2: David Hellman of DallasCowboys.com joining us here on broadcast and the boys, David, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, and you cited a specific picture, including one Tony Pollard. And I think even though Cowboys fans are obviously really excited about what Zeke has done over the past several seasons, there's a feeling in the room that like Tony Pollard could be unleashed to another level in 2020. Are you getting the sense? And I guess, what is your sense of the type of snaps and maybe touches that he might expect to get or the Cowboys coaching staff is, is giving him a look at in these first couple of practices that make Cowboys fans think, Hey, he could be a much bigger part of this thing than he has been in the past.
3: I made this joke on another program I did, but I think it fits. Like if y'all remember the Da Vinci code, you know, that the popular book from like 20 years ago, uh, that's, that's, that's how I feel talking about Tony Pollard is like, you know, I can't, you know, the, the me, the social media policy says like, I, I'm not allowed to be overly explicit about what I say, but if I just drop the right clue and sort of like lead people in the right direction, I can sort of help them understand, which is to say, again, I can't, I can't sit here and say what's going to happen when the games start, but watching practice, I'm more confident than I ever have been. That the Cowboys coaching staff understands what they have in Tony Pollard.
2: Um, has ability as a route runner. He's got
3: ability as a route runner. He's got ability as a running back. Like, and that's the thing is they are, they are using him in a variety of different ways. Like he's getting looks in the run game. He's getting looks in the pass game. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot more diverse than swing passes and screens. Like there's a lot more going on there than just those you know, very obvious routes. Mike McCarthy even said it himself. He's, you know, he said something. He was like, I don't want to talk about how we use our players, but everybody understands that we have the capability to put Zeke and Tony on the field at the same time. And that might be a fun thing to do. Like it doesn't, you know, you don't need a degree in football to understand that that might be a good idea. And, you know, I'll I'll say it for the 18th time. Like it's super early. But I'm I'm encouraged by what they've shown of that to this point. And, you know, I thought it was I thought it was criminal the way they put Tony Pollard on the shelf at times last year. Uh, You know, just it was like they forgot about him, especially like if you eliminate the first three weeks of the season when Zeke was still working his way back. If you take away those snaps when they needed Pollard to play significant snaps because Zeke wasn't fully, you know, ready, it was like 8% of the snaps or something stupid like that. It was, it was absolutely
2: criminal. Like I said, so, you You know, 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 he he was a ghost man for the next 10 games or so until they finally started seeing as they were going down to the end of the season. So
3: you know and and nobody's nobody's calling for Tony Pollard to be the lead back like Zeke is great don't get me wrong but i just think you got to be able to find a way first of all get him on the field more often because just him being there presents a threat to the defense but then i got to think you can manufacture somewhere between 6 and 12 touches for him at least depending on the opponent depending on the game plan yada 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 but um I'm I'm feeling excited that they might actually do that this time around instead of what we saw last year.
1: Any surprise players that have stood out to you after two padded practices?
3: <laughs> I we already talked about him, but probably uh I mean it's one thing to say like, oh man, I feel really good about Francis Bernard. He was a great player at Utah and I really like him. Like everybody's got a pet cat, right? But right. the dude's got two picks and two padded practices and they uh i mean one of them was against Clayton Thorson but he picked off Dak Prescott in the first padded practice of training camp i mean that should catch your eye i'm not saying he's uh Brian Urlacher but that's impressive um yeah. so you know if he was under the radar before i don't think that's the case anymore so he definitely he definitely has jumped out early
2: you know you couldn't ask for probably a better Situation for young cornerbacks to come in and learn against and go up against on a day than the trio of Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. So with that context in mind, how have Diggs and Reggie Robinson looked going up against guys who, you know, according to Mike McCarthy, may all three be number one wide receivers in the NFL?
3: I don't want to hate on Reggie robinson because he's a fourth round pick and i i think it it's a mistake to put high expectations on him in this situation anyway but um he gave up a forty yard gain the other day to not one of the big three he gave it up to Vintel bryant uh so i mean there you know there's gonna be growing pains for a fourth round guy i've been impressed by i've been impressed by Diggs even knowing what i know about him which is that he's very talented and has a rare combination of size and ability. Um, he looks natural, like tracking the ball and, and playing the ball and moving in space and turning his hips and all that stuff. Um, he almost had an interception in the first unpadded practice of training camp. I don't think he quite came down with it, but he played the ball really well. He's, he's getting snaps against the big three. Um, no, I don't think he's dominating or anything like that, but he's certainly handling himself well. That the cornerback, for my money, the cornerback spot is is the most fascinating thing on the whole team because like we we can all, all three of us can go through the depth chart and project the starters at every position. And we'll be like ninety-five percent right. Yeah. Except except yeah. at cornerback. Yeah. Uh I don't think anybody really, really 100% knows what to expect. They've got six guys rotating between the three spots right now. So, actually, I think it's five. But, he, I mean, they got a lot of a lot of guys rotating for those starter snaps. And, uh, you know, may the best man win, I guess.
1: David Hellman, DallasCowboys.com. Follow him on Twitter at HellmanDC. That's one L, so not like hell, just one L, H-E-L-N-D-C. Uh, it just
3: feels like hell in North Texas in August, but <laughs> that's okay.
1: Appreciate you, David. Thank you.
2: No problem, y'all. Thanks. Hello, David. Thanks, brother.
1: Thank you to David Hellman, broadcasting the boys. Roy White, Ari Temkin. Of course, make sure to follow Roy on Twitter at RW3 and go check out and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Uh, I am Ari Tempkin on Twitter at RE Sports, A R I Sports. That's where you can also find my YouTube channel. Just search Ari Temkin or RE Sports on YouTube and subscribe there. But Roy, leave the people with something.
2: Hey, if you want your Cowboys fill, get your butt on Twitter. That is the best place to find information about Cowboys practice going down right now, especially not being able to see any video of it. So get your butt on Twitter and follow the two of us, will you? Sweet.